Welcome back, friends, to the Mark Claire Show. You know it's Monday when you get to start your day right with your boy, Mark Claire. Another great conversation coming at you today with Brad Binkley of the Propaganda Report. And this is the first episode from the brand new Mark Claire Show Studios. Very exciting. Still very much in progress, uh, as you can see on the video for those watching, which you can find on this one. You'll be able to find it everywhere. YouTube, Rockfin, uh, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble. I'm everywhere. Everywhere. Wherever you want me, I'll be there for you. Uh, still working on the studio a little bit, but it's good to be in a new place. Good to be in a new spot. A bit of a new era. It's already the Mark Claire Show 2.0. But you know what remains the same is that I still have a great sponsor, and his name is Stephen Fox. He runs the fantastic business Fox & Sons Coffee. You you can find them at foxandsons.com, F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S.com. You see what this is, friends? It's an empty cup because I just finished my cup of Fox and Sons coffee. I get the two-pound bag delivered every single month because I can't get enough of this stuff. Stephen Fox is actually offering $4 off those subscriptions to all of you. So head over to foxandsons.com. Check out a bean. Grab a bean. If you want to try a sample, guess what? You're going to use discount code MCS to get yourself 18% off your order as long as it's over $25. You also get free shipping there. Uh, do that. Check out your beans. Get your favorite. And then come back. Get that subscription. And Stephen Fox is going to give you $4 off. What's great about this business is not only is Stephen Fox delivering fine coffee beans all around. I don't want to say the globe. I don't know if he ships outside the U.S., but all around the country, if nothing else. Uh he is actually teaching his sons about entrepreneurship through this business as well, hence the Fox and Sons. I think it's a fantastic thing all around, and I'm so happy to have them as my sponsor. So please do head over to foxandsons.com and use discount code MCS at checkout. That being said, it's time for my conversation with Brad Brinkley. My guest today is the host of the Drive Time News Blast over on the Propaganda Report. And he is, uh, for those on the video, you can see he's coming to us actually live from the congressional uh, congressional hearing on, on UFOs. I'm pleased to welcome Brad Binkley. Welcome to my show. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's very tense here in the halls of Congress. It's, it's good it's, to I see I gotta you. imagine. Yeah. Especially with that character behind you there. Is, is that David Grush himself or is that, uh, that that's one of his buddies, one I, of his I, alien buddies? You know, I, I think it might be David Grush. I'm not sure, but... The way he's been communicating and he's been talking about biologics and grabbing life by the biologics, I think that it's probably him. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll dive into that stuff a little bit later. Uh, but first, Brad, I want to get to know you a little bit better. I've, I've been listening to you for, for years at this point now, uh, but I'm curious how you, how, what is the origin story of uh, Brad Bink Brinkley, propaganda analyst? How did this all start for you? Well, I've always, as probably you and a lot of people that listen been interested in conspiracy theories, you know, back before it was racist white nationalists to be a conspiracy theorist, back when it was the alien stuff that they're getting back to. Yeah, it used and, to just be fun. It was right. no big deal. Yeah, totally. And I, I studied journalism in school and uh, I went to law school and then I, I stopped doing all that and I started doing comedy, improv comedy and theater and, and film acting and stuff. And I taught a stand-up comedy class for four years and I discovered that a lot of people the, the reason that they were very funny people that they just didn't believe they could be funny on stage or do anything in that industry because they've been told a bunch of things that just like psychologically prevented them from getting past it and to me, it was it related to propaganda a lot, and I started discover like looking for these ways to help people break past those psychological barriers, and I just re got to the point where it's like, man, everybody's just so uh, psychologically and emotionally beaten down and imprisoned in this illusionary barrier because of 
propaganda that it prevents them from doing anything that they're not told that has a certain series of steps and checkboxes to follow. And I just kind of fell into a rabbit hole starting with Edward Bernays when I was researching that. And I, 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 for like probably seven years or so, I just read everything I could about propaganda and uh, the government and history about it. And I haven't, hadn't looked back since. So do you, do you mean to say when you were teaching these comedy classes, there would be certain subjects or certain areas that people would be afraid to go in in their comedy, and that was due to just like all the massive brainwashing they've, they've experienced? Well, not necessarily. I mean, they didn't believe in themselves because okay. they, they were okay, led to believe that they could only be a certain type of uh, uh, a business person or, or mm -hmm. that doing that type of art was there was no path they were given and that you had to be special or unique when really you just have to treat it like a job and decide that that's what right. you want to do and not judge yourself all the time. And I think the self-judgment honestly is one of the biggest uh, achievements of propaganda in the history of the world is causing people to doubt themselves just immeasurably to a crippling point to where they can only like if people don't it used to be like this it's changed a lot the past few years if you did not have a college degree people used to think they were just finished and they couldn't apply for certain jobs and i'm like no that actually frees you from having to communicate your skill set with that same uh system uh, if you just compare if you're if you want to get a job you just decide you want to go after it don't apply if you oh if you don't have the type of uh, checklist and credentials that the other people applying have Find a different way to communicate with the people and demonstrate your skill set a different way. What I used to do when I first started uh, creative copywriting and, and writing uh, commercial scripts is I didn't have any experience except doing comedy and theater and stuff. I, I didn't go to school for that. My, my school was in like, economics and, and journalism, not creative writing. And so I, I was like, well, that's great. I can try anything. So I would write 30-second commercials featuring myself. Uh, and the skill set that I brought that was different than everybody else's. And I, and I got interviews every single time, and I got tons of freelance work off of it because I said, screw the way they're telling you to do it and use what you have. And the reason that we think we have to do all this other stuff is because of propaganda in a sense where if they have these, the, the elites, I hate calling them that, but the, the children of elites are not taught the same way that we are. They, they are taught that they can I mean, they don't go to world. public school and just... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they aren't given the same barriers and limitations and, and told that they can only, you know, go this way or go that way and they need to hold back. They, they're, they are taught... We're taught to fall in line. They are taught to organize and lead. And that's the, that's the propaganda that separates um, the groups. And people recognize that intellectually, but it's hard to get over emotionally and psych psychologically. Is it kind of kind of like most of us, uh, the the plebs? I guess we're raised by by the propaganda, whereas the uh, yeah. elites, whatever we want to call them, the children of the elites, they are raised in order to they are raised to learn to utilize propaganda Absolutely. on us. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And Brad, so how did you take this as passion? I mean, it sounds like this almost became your full time job. Like, get get the job you want. Like you kind of said, just start doing it and just start developing those skills. So you just started developing those skills of analyzing propaganda and understanding propaganda. How did you begin to translate into that into what you're doing now? Uh, how did you? I know you first sort of segued into radio. So maybe you can dive a little bit more into that. Yeah, I used to listen to a lot of Art Bell. I listened to, to Monica on WSB, and I just I reached out to Monica a lot. I thought that I could uh, offer. Uh, my skill set at her show and she replied and, and we got to talking to each other and we ended up 
uh, working on WSB together. Um, I was kind of her, her sidekick over there and I would just kind of bring propaganda analysis and, and clips and, and deconstruct them a little bit. And once we did that for a few years and then we got kicked off of the radio there because it was, it's kind of funny. It's like the last. It's amazing show. how long you were on, to be honest. <laughs> it I really mean, is. It's I, an accomplishment. In I was another surprised time. when I first started listening to her. I was like, "Why do they uh, even allow that to be <laughs> right. on air?" And shortly before we got kicked off, we had been talking about Jeffrey Epstein back before you could talk about Jeffrey Epstein. So Jeffrey Epstein, right. they allowed you to talk about in the mainstream once Trump became president because they could make it a Trump scandal because they could link it to uh, somebody who was in. I can't remember what his role was in Trump's cabinet. But he was the prosecutor in Florida at the time that Epstein was originally being investigated and charged when he got that sweetheart deal like in 2007 or something like that. And they could make it look like he gave Epstein a sweetheart deal when what it really was was he was being intimidated and threatened and people were quitting left and right. And so they could make it a Trump scandal. Before that, it was a Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton scandal. That's when you weren't allowed to talk about it. And that's when I was talking about it all the time. And we were talking about it on WSB. And then shortly after that, one of the guys who I think just recently is getting accused of some pretty bad stuff with Jeffrey Epstein bought the company that owned WSB. And then shortly thereafter, we were gone. All right, Brad. Well, you know, what first prompted me to invite you on, I'd had you sort of in my headspace as, as a guest, but you've been talking a bit about one, speaking of propaganda, I mean, something that I suppose looking back, you know, looking back in my life, I used to think that believing in UFOs or having an interest in UFOs or thinking there's aliens was like, that was the rebellious thing to do yeah. because, you know, I would look at, say, a Fox Mulder and then think he was really cool and think, all right, I, I too, I am like you, Fox. I want to get to the truth. So I used to think it was this really rebellious thing until sort of nowadays I look back and I think about, well, where did I get those ideas in the first place? I got it from the X-Files on Fox. I got it from a Time Magazine, Mysteries of the Universe. You know, I got it from all of these uh, institutions that are leveling propaganda at us. So I, I certainly look at it in a different way now. But it, I, it, there has been a definitive shift in, in, the, in recent years where it's it's gone from here's this weird thing that only weirdos kind of look into to now we have congressional hearings about it. It's on CNN and Fox News and there's military guys going. It feels like it's been ramped up in a in a different way, at least from my perspective. So uh, maybe just take this actually from your own interest to whatever extent you might have had growing up. I know you said you were listening to Art Bell and that kind of thing. Did you have an interest in the UFO sort of alien thing uh, during that time? Yeah, always. Since I was a kid, I, I watched X-Files. Uh, I've always loved sci-fi, definitely. And never have I been more skeptical about it. I, I think I saw a meme on Twitter. It was like, I believed in UFOs until the government started telling us they were real, <laughs> which I, I think that reflects the, the way that a lot of people feel right now. I still believe that aliens exist. I just don't believe that what they're telling us right now is uh, honest, genuine disclosure. Not, not, not in the least. And we're actually, you mentioned the X-Files. We're in like season, I think it's season five of the X-Files where Mulder completely abandons his belief and mm -hmm. he starts to believe it's the government pretending to be aliens and UFOs right. and faking the technology. And there's, so David Grush in his hearings, he said this in his interview with Recount and he also repeated it in his congressional hearing opening statement. He said that his reason for doing this, for coming out with these revelations is that he wants to create trigger societal-wide ontological shock. 
which is just disruption of the uh, reality that everybody believes, forcing them to adapt a new, new perception of reality that includes things that they previously didn't think possible before. Season five of X-Files, I was watching it, uh, an episode a couple weeks ago. I have a, actually have a clip somewhere on here. I could probably pull it up in a minute. But it, Mulder is having the conversation in what's like a congressional hearing setting talking about this ontological shock and how it prepares people to believe a big lie. And I'm like, this is exactly, it's like they just took a script and they transferred it uh, over, over to Congress. And it just, it blew my mind. I just had it on the background. I wasn't even trying to find it. And, and I just did like a double take. It's like, that's what's going on. Predictive programming, art reflecting life back and forth. Uh, I don't know. I, yes, I've already always been interested in uh, UFOs and aliens. I think that aliens could be right in front of us and we might not know it. I, I think our uh, pop culture idea of aliens is probably not the reality of it, but I do think they exist. Interesting. All right, well, we'll dive into maybe your thoughts on aliens in a little bit, but I want to get more of your thoughts on what you think is really behind this propaganda regarding UAP. And now it's called UAPs. It was always UFOs growing up, but I guess we decided to change it for whatever reason. But uh, I'm curious what you think of this David Grish guy specifically. Uh, do, do you think he is, I mean, he obviously is a well-connected person. He seems to legitimately sort of be who he says he is. Yeah, uh, he is. The question is, I mean, he's even said that something to the effect of, he, you know, he does this weird dance where they, they ask him a question about, you know, has anyone ever been killed or harmed or threatened for disclosing the kind of information you're talking about? And he kind of implies yes without really saying it, which makes you think, then, then why are you safe? So, I mean, I'm just right. curious what you think about this guy's overall sort of presentation, his demeanor, where he came from and what his motivations might be. I think that every reason they tell us we should trust him and, he, and he's just impeccable when it comes to how credible he is, is reason we should not trust him. The guy is a 14-year intel veteran. He was in the Air Force before that. I think he was in Afghanistan, maybe. You can't find any other information on, online about him other than his military stuff and a few things back before this, but there's very little out there about him. They, he either didn't have a presence before or they wiped it clean. But 14 years in Intel, he was specifically uh, in covert operations. He's in, these, he's in the, the two, or he was, right up until the, these uh, whistleblower revelations, he was taking, what was it? He was taking the daily intelligence briefs from two Intel agencies, one of them in the, in the uh, big five Intel agencies, I can't remember the name of them off the top of my head. The Geospatial Industry and... See the other one. Okay, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National uh, Reconnaissance Office. Uh, he was walking the intelligence briefs over to the White House in the West Wing just weeks before these revelations when he decided to step down. So uh, a guy that deep working in covert ops who was telling us that he didn't see the things himself. He got all of the information from high-level intel sources you know, the uh, top of the Intel community, which is the community that also told us that the uh, Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. N nothing about that do I believe. I, I don't believe, they, the, all those people do is lie. They are professional uh, uh, manipulators. And, and they're sitting there telling us that that's why we should believe him. Don't tell me somebody works in the Intel agency if you want me to believe them. 
It's the same, the same like 17 agencies that confirm Trump committed a crime. It, it's it's all the same sort of uh, same sort of like top down in, intel agencies pushing this stuff. So if they give us absurdities in one area, why would we start, suddenly snap to and say, well, this alien thing is probably what they say it is? Uh, absolutely, and, and he doesn't tell us anything. I mean, he he's told us nothing. It's him saying a bunch of things that a bunch of uh, shadowy people saw, and then other people who have. Some of them have fake names. Some of them are reporters who say they've cooperated from uh, also shadowy people. It's a, it's a circular uh, of secondhand sources. And then guys who, for the most part, were looking at blips on a radar. They, I know they said they saw a couple of them with their own eyes. I, I just, I, I don't buy it. it. It's all suspicious to me. It's, I think they're trying to amp up military weapon spending, personally. Well, because that is one aspect of the whole presentation is he he almost implies like we got to get on this arms race in a way because he talks about how uh, I think like Russia and China yep. have sort of reverse engineered some of this stuff and we got to we got to get on top of this stuff because if they beat us to this, you know, we're in trouble. So I, I do wonder if, if that's if that almost seems almost too lame of a reason of a reason to be trotting out uh, aliens and UFOs and, and that sort of thing. But I do you think there's any more to it besides that or do you think this is really just uh, just the latest iteration of all right. Well, we've exhausted the Cold War. We've exhausted. Uh, we've exhausted terrorism. What else can we do? All right. How about aliens? They can't argue with us if there's aliens, right? Right. Well, you know, I think that this could be uh, the China Russia thing. I I do think it's related to that. I, I think this is part of the Great Reset that you know we heard so much about in 2020 with Klaus Schwab and all that. It was always going to be the United States taking a step back in the world and China taking a step up from what Klaus Schwab and all those guys were talking about. And uh, whenever I would hear stuff like this and, and the UAP stuff started really getting to talk about in the mainstream, it, it just always, there would be kind of in the background a, a little bit of talk about China. And I think that you have COVID where the, the lab leak stuff. So there was a story yesterday about this basically Chinese Wuhan-like lab that was yeah, discovered I was just listening to that. That's a, that's a weird one. It's crazy. And it's linked to China and it, it makes you think about, oh, maybe they, maybe they intentionally released this thing, which I, since the beginning of that, I always, I was like, it's not the explanation right now, but I think they will ultimately say China intentionally created it. Whether they did or not, I think they'll say this. And it was intentionally released from that lab for bioweapons purposes against us. And I think that, Everything is kind of leading to that. And through that lens of the Great Reset, when you look at the UFO thing, you have to unite society behind a common enemy. And right now, the country is so divided uh, politically that the one thing that they're not divided on, at least congressionally anyway, I don't think people are really buying this PSYOP. But Congress is like, yeah, we have these bipartisan bills led by Chuck Schumer, and we're all together on this. And the Republican from Tennessee is like, my buddy AOC asking the right questions. You know, it's like they're all holding hands and singing in harmony because they want to project that to the public because I think they need it's to like get- post 9-11. They're like, all right, well, we're going to put our differences yeah, beside because totally. this is serious. So that was the same thing with the aliens. Like, all right, well, we're going to hold hands on this because it's aliens. We got we to gotta come together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they want to just frighten the hell out of people. I think they will show us something. I, I do. I, I think that they will- Maybe it's some sort of advanced uh, plane or craft that is human created that we've never seen before. And it will scare the hell out of people because for like America, it'll take us. I think they need to do this. I think they need to take Americans from viewing their military as the strongest and most powerful in the world to all of a sudden through some revelation that they can truly believe to believing that we are now inept 
in the face of this new threat that we didn't know existed yesterday. Therefore, we must unite behind whatever Congress, whatever David Grush and all of them say, and support this effort. And then I think it will uh, slowly but surely be revealed to be Chinese or Russian in origin, as opposed to alien. Interesting, because Grush even talks about sort of like biological entities, and, and he definitely speaks of this in terms of he even talks about sort of how there's an interdimensional element to it. And I, I find what's interesting That's about That's why Grish- he calls it non-human intelligence instead of aliens, because it might be interdimensional, he says. Okay. Interesting. So do you think that 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 this is that all of this talk about interdimensionality and this and that is actually going to lead to like a twist where it's like, actually, we were wrong. It was the Chinese. I, 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 I kind of <laughs> do. Yeah. I think the more they investigate it. So are you familiar with Greer, uh, Dr. Greer, oh, Stephen yeah. Greer? Disclosure Project. Yeah, so he's got this new movie out. You know, he's one of the guys who has apparently been given information, according to him, to Congress and to Grush, and uh, allegedly was advising members of Congress on what questions to ask him and stuff like that. And he did this three-hour-long disclosure presentation a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, where he talked about, finally, he's handing all these documents over to Congress, and and he said the, the the, the real thing is that, and I believe him in this, is that, this is, these are man-made technologies. He says they're reverse engineered from alien crafts. I don't know if I believe that, but I do believe they're man-made in origin. And, I do, and he, he talks about the bases in other countries, China, Russia, and, and I'm sure other countries as well. He, he maps, some of the stuff he says gets kind of wild. Like he says they have these robotic aliens. They look like we, the aliens we see on TV but they're like humanoid robots that they have or like an army of already. Right, I'm like not, the, the classic sort of gray aliens. Like the, <laughs> right. the theory is those are like kind of like little robot suits that they use to, to navigate our reality in or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what he says that they have. But the, the, the part about it being human in origin, that's what I believe. And I think this investigation will turn that up because you see so, these members of Congress are going and doing podcasts. They, I mean, this is a right. full-fledged propaganda campaign that they're, they're unleashing there. Some of them might not even realize that they're in on it. They might genuinely believe uh, that, they're trying, that they're trying to pursue the truth here instead of uh, uh, shape people's mind. But one guy in particular, uh, he's, he's on the Chinese uh, special committee to like get China, might as well be what it's called. He goes on this sports <laughs> the get show. get China committee. Uh, yeah, because the whole time they're asking him about UFOs and he's like, oh, if it's a UFO, it's not that big a threat. Uh, what I'm worried about is China. And I'm going, so you think you'd rather it be a, a UFO than China? So you think China is a bigger threat than a UFO craft? Because that's a ridiculous thing to say. Because clearly some, an extraterrestrial craft is going to be more frightening than China, in my opinion, because their technology is going to be far more advanced. And this guy's just brushing off every single UFO thing and saying, but the real thing is China, the real thing. And maybe I'm falling for his propaganda there, but I truly think that that is what falls in line with the Great Reset narrative that they, they started a couple of years ago, is the pumping up of China. We, we need to pump up uh, this arms race, I think will happen, if it's not already happening. And I think they need the public support to unify behind the effort. When you said earlier, you think they're going to present something to us like an actual craft. I yeah. mean, we've seen these sort of videos come out where, you know, with the the sort of declassified videos of, you know, we can't really tell what they are, but, you know, there's weird, seemingly right. weird stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, could be a computer animation. I don't I have no idea. Cognitive what, electronic <laughs> warfare. You ever there heard you of go. that? Uh, I've heard the term, yeah. Yes, yeah, is DARPA uh, 
Georgia Tech lady presented a little three-minute presentation. She started with, I can only tell you what's not classified. And if I tell you any more, I'll get in trouble. Very dramatic-like. But cognitive electronic warfare, she described how if for nefarious reasons, we, and she said nefarious, we wanted to uh, scramble the radars of an enemy jet so we make them think they see something that they don't see on the radars. We can do that with this technology. And she goes on to describe how it works. And I'm like, that sounds like those blips on the radar. And the, why can't uh, you use this on yourself, on ourselves, you know, if yeah. it serves a purpose? Exactly. You know, another thing I found out about Grush last night is the, the guy who initially interviewed him on News Nation was doing a podcast and he was talking about how all of these, he, he said, nobody yet, nobody has found anything wrong. They, they've not said a foul word about his credibility, except those behavioral psychologists and body language people who are, they're the only ones who criticize it. But what they don't know is, is they don't know is that he's autistic and he does not read behavioral cues. They're saying David Grush is autistic? Yeah, and that, that's why he has weird reactions, he said. Uh, so I think he's like setting up uh, a, a narrative for why is David Grush always say weird things mm. to, to questions like the biologics question. Can you uh, tell me this? Who gets a response where the, they say, oh yeah, we have the biologics and then does not say, what are biologics? They just acted like everybody understood what he meant right. by that. <laughs> oh, the biologics. All right. We'll, we'll note that down. What the fuck is that? Does that mean DNA? Does that mean a body? Does that mean, what does that mean? It, and he never well, really details what that means. It means, you look up biologics, the first thing that comes up is, I think it's either, Fi I think it's Pfizer, and it talks about a vaccine. <laughs> We've got their vaccine technology. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're we're going to tie it all back in. I'm wondering if this is just going to, if this is really just to sort of hamper any criticism of Grush in any way, shape, or form. So it becomes you are, you are anti, you're anti-autistic if you, if you criticize this guy. Totally, yeah. You're a bigot if you criticize the UFO whistleblower. I, I do find some of the detail that Grush goes into pretty interesting, whether it's just propaganda that he's being fed or, or what, because he does go into like some pretty explicit detail in terms of like the shape of crafts. He talks about these yeah. cubes and he also talks about how they sort of um, sh shift in and out of our, our visible spectrum, which is all stuff that somebody who's gotten in, been someone that's into this subject for years. I've read the work of, of like John Keel and, and Jacques Vallée. Like it's, a lot of it does track with a lot yeah. of what these guys have talked about over the years in terms of how UFOs have operated, not not just in our modern times, but even going back hundreds of years and, and the kinds of reports there was. So I, I do wonder where where the propaganda meets whatever reality there may be to the whole situation. Yeah, he went through the, it's like he went through the greatest hits of yeah. what people who've been into UFOs their whole life have been looking at and talking about and people calling them crazy about. And, and I don't know, I, Maybe that's all it is. Maybe he's just done the home, you know, he's done the homework. Yeah. He knows what we've been reading all our lives. He's like, well, it's got to line up with some of this stuff. So. And he's appealing to that crowd. And I, I have been a little surprised uh, with some of the prominent UFO researchers. What is the one guy's name? Their name slipped my mind right now, but I would have thought they would have been a little more skeptical of his claims. But I think they've pulled some of these guys into it and they're, they're getting information for them like Greer and uh, Richard something, I can't remember his name, but guys who are, used to be on Coast to Coast all the yeah. time, stuff like that. The, the cube-shaped stuff, I find that fascinating. Yeah. I, I watched the Carl Sagan vi video that was going around Twitter where he's trying to explain 4D and 3D, 
which is just way above me. But uh, I kind of got what it, what he's talking about with those uh, cube-shaped crafts they were describing. Mm-hmm. Where Carl Sagan was explaining it where that was like a 4D craft trying to penetrate into our 3D the space. Carl Sagan what, was explaining UFOs? Did I miss yeah. this? That happened? The, yeah, this was on, on a video <laughs> that, that was going around I Twitter. I missed that season of a... <laughs> totally, yeah. It was interesting stuff. It's so, com- I mean, it's so complex. It's the holog- holographic theory that, uh, that Grush mentioned during the hearings the other day. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this stuff has been, and, and you know, I, I've, I, I, I guess when I was a kid, I didn't view Carl Sagan as a propagandist. Now I, I certainly do as, you know, sort of another minister of science. So the more you, the more you look at all this stuff and you see all those connections, the more it's hard to see it as, as anything, but, but a, a long, a long sort of long-term propaganda campaign. Coming back all the way to the X Files, uh, you know, our, our uh, all of our close encounters of the third kind, all of these, all of this media that's been out there for all the years that has now sort of culminating in the government actually coming out and saying all that stuff you were watching, yeah, that's all real. Yeah, it really has. It really makes you rethink the predictive programming aspect uh, of X Files, or, or just they were well studied in the history of UFOs. I think the script writers on that, and I think some of them, the the Chris Carter, I think he's been doing interviews lately. He's excited about the, the revelations. And, you know, if I thought they were real and I thought it wasn't going to be like doom for the world, which I don't think it's going to be doom for the world, but I, I don't believe them. I, I just don't think they're going to reveal the existence of a, a threat that would instantly make their power, uh, um, you know, obsolete. Because if they show us here are these crafts, then there's no amount of weapons investment that that's going to be able to catch up to that. We can catch up to China, but we we're not going to be able to catch up to extraterrestrials traveling traveling across the universe unless we have a deep space program where we are already doing that. And I know that used to be a, a conspiracy theory. I used to believe that, but I don't think I believe that one anymore. Yeah, they used to be a, a favorite of mine too. That we have the secret bases on the moon, on the on the dark yeah. side of the moon, and yeah, and, yeah. and all that <laughs> stuff. Because I go two ways. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty strong on my feeling that you know stuff like the moon landing and a lot of other space junk that we see is just that is just junk is is propaganda is not real. And then that leads me to both sides of well, either they don't really go to space or they can't really do it what what they say they do, and that's why or the other way. And it's like, there's a whole freaking armada up there of all this other crazy shit that we can't even imagine. And that's why they show us the fake stuff. But yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen a, a UFO? Uh, yeah, I have. I, I I saw one a few years ago. Uh, I've seen a couple, but in both actually in the last four or five years, one was in San Diego, which I know is like an area that there's tons of, of these kind of sightings. And it was like, Two, three in the morning, we were just uh, hanging outside. Uh, my, my not not then wife, but now wife and I uh, were just kind of like hanging out and looking in the sky. And we both kind of like l- l- saw something and looked at each other. And I, in my mind, I saw, I thought I saw birds just because I saw a formation of triangles, you know, and how birds will, will fly in that formation. And then it, it, it all happened so fast, but I was like, oh, there's birds. And then I thought for like a split second, I was like, birds don't fly like that at night. And then I looked back up and as I looked back up, what I had thought were these birds were these sort of like triangle things. And as I looked up, they, they dissipated out of reality. Like it, it, oh, it, wow. that's the way I saw that. And we both looked back at each other like, did you just see that? So we both did see something weird independently that we then like confirmed with each other afterwards. Yeah. Um, it was very strange. It was, it, what was strange is just like how 
how fast it was and how it was almost like this probably isn't real, but it, in my mind it was like, oh, they saw, they, they caught us looking and then they had to like kind of disappear. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, maybe it was just some weird natural thing. I'm not going to jump to say that was a technology or aliens. I don't know, but it, it certainly was weird. And then there was another time in Mexico where we definitely saw something like that. That's just a, but th- this in, in Mexico now, that was an area uh, where there's, there are so many UFO sightings in in Mexico and um and a lot of areas around certain volcanoes that it's not even weird. It's not even a thing. Like I, I always see these these charts, these maps of all the UFO sightings, and like there's all concentrated in, in the United States. And, and I just think like that's because in a lot of the world, this is not news. This is just like it's another day. You know, it's 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 like no different than seeing a deer like walking across the street is seeing a UFO. People in the middle of Mexico are not seeing a UFO and calling the cops and like you know and, and, <laughs> and reporting it to some agency. That's an American thing. So that's that's where I see that coming from. From our sort of like we have to report everything kind of culture and everything scary. Whereas opposed to a lot of other places, it's just like yeah, there's we've been seeing these forever. What, what, what else? Yeah, that's you? something else. It's we've seen more of after this, more people coming forward saying they're, they're seeing things, maybe some legitimate, maybe some not. I know there's a story about the, in Las Vegas where they say Mm -hmm. they saw a 10 foot alien in their backyard. And then there were the stories about people, uh, you know, unnamed officials saying that they encountered a craft that was smaller on the outside than it was on the inside. It it was the TARDIS is what it was. Uh, It made them sick also. And I'm just like, man, we're getting really dead on with the pop culture stuff. I I, I do. I want to believe. I really do. I just don't trust these people. The only thing they have done consistently is lie. And so even though it's a subject that I like a lot and that I do believe in, I, I just feel like being overcritical is is the uh, uh, is the best way to protect from uh, being duped in by you know something that I'd really love to to believe is true. I want to go back to maybe uh, wargaming a little bit how this might play out uh, when we're talking about them possibly presenting an actual craft to us. I mean. We've already seen these videos, like we said. I don't know if that's that convincing enough to get the American public to no. support some massive new funding campaign. So how do you see that playing out? Do you actually think we they will go on TV and like pull back the the drape or the, the, and climb like here's here's this thing we have? Or do you think it'll be with this guy behind me? Yeah, no, yeah, I think they're gonna that guy. I think they're gonna show some sort of or they'll either they'll start off by having Con- members of Congress say that they saw stuff, which they've uh, which actually we've seen are, before. I mean, um, yeah, I want, was it Dennis Kucinich? He's one of them that says, says he's seen. Yeah, UFOs. I think so. Matt Gates did just the other day. He really? said that he saw something that nobody else in Congress has seen when he finally was allowed into uh, some program, some Pentagon program in Florida after they first didn't let him in because the whole idea is that Congress is fighting against the Pentagon for the American people. I'm going. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. <laughs> but that's the way they're, they're framing the narrative. And he says he saw something. I think we'll see more of that. We'll get the, the most trustworthy politicians to appeal to their groups. AOC will probably be shown mm-hmm. something. You know, uh, the guy from Tennessee will be shown something. The, the, the main ones behind it, Luna, the younger girl, I can't, I can't remember what her last name Just is. Just don't let Rand Paul come out and start doing you. If Rand Paul stuff, starts saying it, yeah, he's been quiet on some of this Which stuff. Which tells me even more that he probably <laughs> is like, I'm not, that's, yeah, that's just some bullshit. Right, I'm not yeah, yeah. And if, if it's, if they need to continue, then they might start floating some uh, images out there. I don't know that they'll roll a piece of a craft or any uh, 
you know, biologics in a Petri dish, disc or dish onto uh, the congressional house. But I, I think that they'll go as far as they need to, at least until they abandon it. They might, they might say this isn't working and, and pull it back. But I, do you think it's working? I, I don't see people on social media who typically I would be into UFOs from what I know about them buying into it. It's interesting. There, there's, I, I see like a lot of, a lot of the UFO people, not, not like the regular Twitter users, but the people that have sort of started to make names for themselves as UFO people. I see a lot of them saying like, oh, I, we told you disclosures coming, that, that kind of thing. You know, those people that are saying, we've been, we've been talking about this for years. We're finally being justified. But those are the kind of people that have, have created platforms around their, their UFO knowledge, around yeah. the disclosure, that sort of thing. But from regular people like you and I, who maybe have been interested in UFOs, I only see skepticism. <laughs> like, like I, I haven't seen anybody like, oh, this is it. So it's, it's a pretty interesting divide, I think, almost between people who are UFO people and have wrapped their identities around that versus people who do other stuff, but I've had a lifelong interest in UFOs. Yeah. They kind of s- smell it a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what it would look like if there were a, a true disclosure. I, I don't know if I think it would come from the government. I, I think that it might be something that we would discover, you know, outside of their control. I, I think as long as they're controlling it, that's information they're probably going to keep to themselves because I, I think they probably have for a long time. They probably are aware. Some people in government or those lifelong government employees are probably aware of it. Why would they tell us that? I just don't, I don't buy it. Have you heard of Paul Bennywitz? I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that one. I think, I think it's a, there's a movie or a show called Mirage Men maybe 10 years ago or something like that. I, I never saw it, but his story is... I was just reading about this the other night and I found it to be uh, interesting, especially with what's going on right now. Basically, he lived near an Air Force base and he was some contractor, I think, that worked with a, uh, sold something to the government, radio technology or something like that. And he saw these, these lights in the sky, these colored lights, and he never seen anything like that before and he thought they were UFOs. And so he went and, and told the, the military about it and what what they were, according to the story anyway, was military crafts, advanced technology that they were trying to conceal from the public. And this guy had seen it and they wanted to continue to hide it from the public. So what they did was, instead of telling him he's full of it and he's crazy, is they embraced his belief and they told him he was right and they engaged him and they started giving him evidence and, and they just fueled his belief that he was seeing UFOs to the point of where they would stage things that made him uh, made him think he was witnessing a fight going on between UFOs and, and soldiers on a military base. Uh, some and some of these documents are on the the black or the I think it's the Black Vault is that website that has a lot of those declassified documents. And it it, it drove this guy to the point of believing that an alien attack was Im- imminent. And they were going to come after him. And he went insane and ended up in a uh, psychiatric institute. And, and they had a military handler. I, I, I can't recall his name off the top of my head. But I'm probably getting some of the details of that story uh, not dead on. But that's the, the basis, you know, that's the gist of it. And I'm like, I, I, I could see maybe something like that going on. I don't know if David Grush would be the one who's being manipulated. But I think maybe people like, uh, Dr. Greer, 
and some of the other UFO guys that they brought in that they, they might try to get them to uh, believe something that, that maybe isn't true, that maybe is actual uh, weapons. The whole, the whole like, idea is that the government has apparently a number of times tried to convince people that something is a UFO when it's really the technology that they've been trying to hide from us because the people say they're 50 years ahead of us. I don't know how far ahead of us they are, but they're definitely ahead of us. Yeah, and I mean, I, I always go back and forth on on some of these guys, like like Agreer or what have you. Like, to what extent are they true believers in the things that they've seen, the things that they're disclosing, and to what extent might they be simply, you know, just manipulated, uh, or or are they, are they manipulators? And I always think right. back to uh, to Bill Cooper. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with yeah. him, and because he early in his work, I mean, in, in Behold a Pale Horse, he even talks about seeing crafts, uh, having things shown to him, seeing something rise out of the water. But later yeah. in his life, I believe sometime before his death, he started to kind of talk about how he started to sort of recant on that, not recant on what he had seen, but he started to think, think that he was actually manipulated and he was actually shown things with the intention of him being someone that comes out and, and discloses this stuff. So it always kind of drives me into this loop of where does the true believing start and where does the propaganda, you know, where do these it things kind up of- up a little bit there. Oh, did I? It's, it's the aliens, man. Uh-oh. All right, we're back. I can hear you now. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. There I just, I always try. Maybe the aliens are in, in, interrupting our broadcast here. Yeah, they don't want us telling the truth. <laughs> but yeah, I always go back and forth on on just where that who's who's actually a true believer and and how much are people sort of influenced to become disclosers that wouldn't have been otherwise. Like like we were talking about earlier with the X Files. Uh, at some point, you kind of realize that that Fox Mulder was turned into the guy who wants to believe. I mean, that was a lot of he was almost a created person, and that's like one of the revelations he has right. in. In some of the, the later seasons, that he was actually being manipulated to become a almost like a Stephen Greer type, like a disclosure person by the smoking man. So who yes. is who is the smoking man in our government? Is who I is I want to discover who that person is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the same guy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, so so you said something about the underwater things. So they changed that definition of UFO to UAP to in, to include. All, they actually list the what they include as a UAP in the new bill that Schumer presented, they attached to the national de the defense authorization bill. And it's called the Disclosure, the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023. And it includes the underwater submerged uh, UFOs and, and all of them. And well, we don't want to discriminate against just, you know, just the ones that fly. We got to be open to the water people, the, the ones absolutely. on land, you know, got to be yeah, fair. At, and I'll tell you a theory I have related, another theory I have that about how they could reveal some of this stuff to scare people. It's a little bit out there, but um, tell me it's going to tie in that uh, the Titanic. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you're exactly right. The submersibles, definitely. So the bill, according to that bill that they just passed, if an alien actually did come down to Earth, the U.S. government under eminent domain would automatically be able to, to take control of it and to imprison it just like they do to Superman in Crisis on Infinite Earth because <laughs> they just take possession of all of it. But, so the Titan submersible, everybody on that thing was like a, a UFO alien hunter. One of them was a member of, of SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Life, that uh, organization of, of rich people. This is a guy who spoke at the World Economic Forum who had a son on, on there with him. And the, he, he was, had gone on many quests doing such things like this. So did the guy who built the thing. The, they keep blaming the guy who built the submersible 
for using carbon fiber stuff, saying that's what made it, you know, implode, which they're still investigating that. But NASA is the one that told them how to design it under mm -hmm. the Space Act because NASA has been trying to develop a submersible according to their own website. Right, I thought NASA does space stuff. Why would they care about <laughs> going underwater? <laughs> right, exactly. And the reason, according to their website, is because they want to be able to go into the oceans on the, the not the planet, their moons of, <laughs> one of them is a moon of Jupiter, it's a Europa, and then the other one is a moon, which is called Titan. And so they were trying to build a submersible for Titan, and they were telling this guy how to do this. And, you know, of course, they NASA distanced themselves. So that, that's the theory that they were, they were already trying to develop this technology to actually go to the moon, Titan, and then go into that ocean, is what they yeah, said? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, this is on their website. This is all over there. They've been wow. doing this since 2014. They actually, I found a, on one of their websites that they were calling something a Titan submersible 10 years ago. You know, you also have the UFO. There's, there's some UFO or USO theories where some people believe the, the Titanic was crashed by uh, an underwater UFO. And then you have this like other guy. Like the original Titanic? Yeah. There's, some people believe that. <laughs> I, wa I want to believe that. I want yes, to believe that. I wouldn't say totally. I do. And so you also have the deepest part. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The Challenger Deep. Where that's got a lot of USO uh, theories. It's our, our aliens shooting out from there. And one of the guys who is on the submersible, he's one of the few people, one of this, this British billionaire, who has traveled down there all the way to that deepest part of the ocean a couple of times. And he's also a guy who established the first business air, air passage way to Antarctica. And he's been to the South Pole twice. Well, we know there's tons of UFO theories over there. He took Buzz Aldrin to the South Pole Get out. Making, that's, a, that's all tied in. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's all like UFO type related stuff. And then you have the only other person. Wasn't Buzz to, Aldrin like uh, taken out of Antarctica like in, in, in like a, some medical evac or something? He was when he ill. Went, yeah, there was something and weird. And he tweeted some crazy stuff about how the devil's here and, and some weird stuff. Yeah, that, I've seen I, I don't, differing <laughs> stories on whether those tweets are real or not. So I don't know. But yeah. either way, the whole he did go there. That's for sure. Yeah, it's weird. And, and so... And now he wears wasn't, like three watches. Do you see that picture he took where he's wearing three watches? No. Alternate? Yeah, it's I a weird one. That it's one. one he tweeted out recently, yeah. And even, yeah, he's made some statements too that he's retracted some statements. All of these weird things connected to this submersible, including that wasn't the first carbon fiber submersible. Like they say it was. The first one never got used. It was built by the same guy that helped this guy build this one. But... It, it, the guy who was going to, this guy was trying to be the first guy. He's trying to beat the James Cameron years ago to the deepest part, uh, like a solo ride to the deepest part of the ocean. And they say he would have won, except he died mysteriously in an airplane crash near Area 51 right before his submersible, which had been, it was being built in secret, was going to be unveiled to the world. And they didn't find him for like, uh, 18 months and when they did find them they just found his id and some bones that they traced some dna to very suspicious stuff the only two guys ever building carbon fiber submersibles die mysteriously in a situation where you can't produce a body i, I don't know i have a feeling that it's 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 out there but if they really want to scare people they could uh, do this investigation and say it turns out it wasn't just the carbon fiber hole it was hit by an underwater ufo wow
Wow. That might scare people. That would tie us back in for sure. And oh, that's yeah. <laughs> one where you had, unlike with David Garouche, who I, I'm sure most you know housewives and grandmas have not heard of and couldn't care about because that's boring Congress stuff. We don't watch that. But everyone, all of them were all invested in this uh, submersible Titan thing. So, you know, if you can tie the UFOs into the, maybe you get the housewives invested then if suddenly, yeah. you know, suddenly these, these poor, you know, these not to, you know, I don't know what happened to these guys. I don't know if these people are really alive, if they're even, I don't know I, what I to think, either. but if they're actually yep. real dead people, I, I certainly, you know, have no, uh, you know, don't want them to be dead. So there, yeah, there's yeah. that. But no, uh, I, I hope it was fake. I'd rather than yeah, be alive. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's a better, that's why I never understand when people get mad when you suggest some <laughs> event might be fake. It's like, wouldn't you prefer that? Why would you prefer actually dead kids or actually dead people? Wouldn't wasn't it way better if it's actually just fake if it's actually just propaganda I never understood that right yeah yeah well that atrocity propaganda man so effective all the time they, they you know be respectful to the dead mm -hmm. and it's they have lied about the dead the babies in incubators you know everybody knows that the, the Nahara testimony which nobody can question at the time because you're an asshole if you do then you hate babies in incubators right yeah right. I'm curious if you want to look ahead maybe 10 15 years from now what kind of conversation do you think? Maybe maybe we'll actually do it. Maybe in 15 years yeah, we'll do it. I'm I hope so. Hopefully hope before so. then. But maybe we'll actually come and, and look back on how we were looking at things now. I'm curious what you think about what what the conversation might look like. If it's where it is now, where there's congressional hearings about alien technology and this and that, what kind of, what kind of stuff are we going to be seeing in 10, 15 years? Uh, wh where do you see all this going? Well, I, if it follows the path that uh, I think it will, I, I think I see it going to, we have super, the, probably the world has transformed a little bit. America is not as powerful. There has been the revelations of the existence of advanced technology that maybe that has, maybe some people hope that that will provide uh, clean energy for everybody and it would free energy also, but I just don't think they're going to give free energy. Cause what if that's the really... ultimate green new deal is when we bring in the aliens and they're like, what do you, you guys, you still use gas. You look at this. Yeah, right. look what we have. You, don't need, you don't need that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The billionaires, they would not like that at all. I, I think that AI technology, if, if it continues, maybe they'll call it something different. Might, ha, might be a, I mean, I can't imagine what role AI will play in society in 15 years. With a caveat, I don't think it's as great as they make it out to be right now. I think they want people to rely on it. They want people to think it's great. But I do think that it can continue to advance and that they are going to be building it into technology moving forward. And I actually think this AI stuff will merge with the whole non-human intelligence thing. That's another thing about all of this is that definitive change from extraterrestrial to non-human intelligence, which... Everybody started using after David Grush. I mean, that's an mm -hmm. this guy, nobody's ever heard of him before, comes out and says the, the phrase non-human intelligence, and suddenly everybody in Congress and everybody in the media is just using the phrase oh, non-human intelligence. <laughs> right. it, it's bizarre. It's a talking point. And it's also, to me, an out to say, not an extraterrestrial, but what, what could be considered non-human intelligence? If you look at the, the bill where they do define it, Artificial intelligence, which is very, by its very definition, is non-human intelligence. And what that bill allows them to do through eminent domain is confiscate non-human intelligence that are of an otherworldly origin, or they can define as being of an otherworldly origin, which I think is going to give them the leeway 
to confiscate any advanced technologies coming from any private industries or any private individuals developing it themselves. So the government can pull all of that technology together to more rapidly advance that technology to create these super weapons that we might see in 10 or 15 years. So we might, we won't be living in bunkers, but there'll probably be a lot more sophisticated drones flying above our heads for sure. That is such an interesting thought. Um, the idea of using this phrase and prodding this phrase out there of non-human intelligence, connecting that to AI, because when you say that, I instantly think of, uh, I'm a big sci-fi buff. I instantly think of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey, as well as the movie he starred, or he was going to direct, but Steven Spielberg ended up doing uh, AI. And in both yeah, of those movies, yeah. I don't, they're not really explicit about this in 2001, but if you, if you read the books and the, by Isaac Asimov, it becomes uh, pretty clear uh, that the, we're not dealing, in either of those scenarios, it seems like we think we're dealing with aliens, but it turns out we're actually dealing with very, very advanced AI that that's that um, basically leaves time and space and can exist outside of time and space and then can go back and enter the past and appear, and appear to us or humans interpret it as, as aliens, but it's actually extremely advanced AI in, in both of those scenarios. So that's it's really interesting that you that you bring that up. I, I could see some of that playing out, especially in 15 years in the future. And, and another aspect of that is they're going to have AI building building stuff, assembly lines. So Technically, things that AI builds are of non-human origin and, according to that bill, can be confiscated by the government. I think everybody's well, celebrating— they can take our Mid-Journey movies? <laughs> they're going to take all of—yes, all of the Mid-Journey art no. is going to be the government's— This image behind me, Chuck <laughs> right. Schumer's taking it. <laughs> that's non-human. That's a non-human intelligence to the uh, creation. Notice, uh, this is the best hand I've ever seen made by, by Mid-Journey right there. I've never seen one so normal-looking. Normal for, for an alien, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are five fingers, so, so there's that. Um, all right, Brad, I've been, I've been pushing this one off since you since you mentioned it in the beginning, but we're, we're wrapping up towards the end of the show, so I, I got to bring it up now. You did say, even though you see all this as, as propaganda, you do think, you do believe in aliens in some sense. So do you care to elaborate on that? I just think the odds are that we're not the, the only ones in, in the universe, and... Like I said, I don't think we would know it if they were here. I, I think that they could be, the earth is mostly water. Other planets, a lot of water. Even though they used to tell us, they used to say, if we discover water, we discovered aliens. Now it's like every single planet has a frozen ocean at this point. Mm -hmm. they, could, they could all look like octopus for, for all we know. And they, they could... <laughs> Which they actually do in one of the I forget which movie it is. It's one of these one of these aliens movies that came out a few years ago. They were basically these giant giant squid creatures. Well, they say that I was reading the other day that it's believed that if we didn't dominate the Earth, that octopus would. Isn't that crazy? I saw a, a, uh, I think a Twilight Zone. It was the newer Twilight Zone, so it wasn't that good as the old one. Yeah, but uh, that they had taken over. Um, I, I would like to think that we could travel to another planet one day and it could be like Star Trek and there could be hot green alien chicks but <laughs> I, I don't know if they're gonna be as uh, uh, hot as they might look like uh, weird lobsters or something like that but I, I just I don't know the idea of colonizing space and stuff like that I'm sure it will eventually happen if you know we can get that technology up there I don't think it's gonna be as fun as it seems in the movies it's probably gonna be very awful for the people who first live up there these guys in the submersible 
at least the guy who built it, he believed we were going to, instead of going out to space when the shit hit the fan, that we were going to build bunkers in the ocean and we were all going to live down there. The ocean animals look like aliens. They look like extraterrestrials. I mean, who's to say who is from this planet? We could be from another planet for all we know. We could have come over. We could have, our origin could be from a dead planet and we survived here however long ago. I want to believe, I do. I don't know what that we'll ever see it in our lifetime. What do you think? Oh man, what do I think? Man, how, how many hours we got? <laughs> this is like a subject I've thought about for so long. And I, I think I'm a lot like you in the sense that like, I, I grew up on on sci-fi, on space shit, on on hot alien babes or what have you. So like, <laughs> yeah. there's like that part of me that, of course, I just I want to envision this universe where yeah, humans travel from planet to planet and we meet aliens and we fight aliens and we love aliens and we you know we we mix it up in every way, shape, or form. Uh, but in reality, I, I just I just don't know what to believe about that stuff. And I, I'm I'm very skeptical of a lot of you know, let's just say space propaganda. So I'm not even quite certain how much of the technology we say we have is really what we have or is really the intention behind it. I really have no idea. I, I'm definitely firmly in the category like you. I want to believe in the sense that I want to believe that there's cool shit. I want to believe that, you know, a, a sci-fi universe that I grew up in, if, if even 1% of the shit that I saw in Star Wars or Star Trek <laughs> is, is yeah. possible, like, yeah, I want to believe that. Um, to the extent that that may ever exist, I don't think it's something I'll actually see in real life or that in any any lifetime that that my you know any any current any you know close generations of mine will see. I mean, maybe a billion years in the future there'll be intergalactic space wars that you know my my descendants are involved in. I, I have no idea, um, but I, I do think that there is there seems to be whoever whatever portion of U.S. intelligence is pushing this stuff. They are very tapped into UFO nerd culture, like you pointed out. Yep. I, I can't, I cannot the the kind of stuff that David Grush is pointing out. It's it's I. There's really only two options. It's real. It's completely true, and that's what he's saying. Yeah. Look in his look in his eyes. That maybe he maybe he's just autistic, and that's all it is. But uh, it's it, I don't see him as as seeming remotely credible to me in terms of you know just just his mannerisms and that. I, I'm no I'm no expert here, but that's my gut instinct. Um. At the same time, yeah, I, 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 to whatever extent that stuff is real, I, yeah, we're we're not gonna be we're not gonna be getting it straight from from these sources either way. So if it's if there's if there's reality to it, I don't think that's the reality that's gonna be presented yeah. to us. The reality that's gonna be presented to us is gonna be now it might contain a portion of the truth, and that's always that's always uh, the trick in all this stuff because yeah, often there right. is some portion of truth in propaganda, which is what makes it so effective. The limited hangout, uh, exactly. totally. There's definitely some truth in it. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, the things that he's claiming, I, I, I don't necessarily disbelieve everything he claims. I just disbelieve that they're going to be showing us real aliens or anything like that right now with the full disclosure. I think the disclosure is more to uh, uh, just uh, unify the public around, around something for that, that, that bigger purpose, which may or may not be a, a world war. I hope not. But I think it may be a conflict. What, what do you think about reptilians? Oh man, <laughs> we're going we're going deep here. Um, you mean the whole like kind of like the they live David Icke type thing? You like the this we're the slave we're the slave planet, prison planet. That that's the one I, I know Icke's a little bit, but the one I'm thinking about where they like genetically engineered us mm -hmm. to be their slaves. Yeah, and then like the ones that. I guess the the idea there is now there is this thing that 
people say. I don't know it's true. I'm not. I'm not a bi. I don't know about the bio, bio, biologics, uh, but that we have this sort of like reptilian element of our brain, or like a portion of our brain has like a reptilian-like feature. So some people sort of tie that into what may be our reptilian ancestry of sorts, and then kind of go, coming from that is yeah, it, it does tie into like because David Icke's thing was he literally came out and said like you know he encountered these spirits or whatever it was that came and talked to him and told him the truth about about reality and then he said no there's actually our our elites are actually shape-shifting reptiles and it's funny i first i first learned about david ike um i i did a semester abroad in college and i i spent that in, in manchester england so i watched watched a lot of bbc and whatnot so i there was some bbc documentary or maybe it was Channel 4 or whatever it was about David Icke. And that was the first time I had really heard of him. This is maybe like 2000 or so. And yeah. there's an they're interviewing him, you know. The, the whole thing is to make him seem like a, a crazy person, you know. Yeah. And they're interviewing him, like, and they're saying, you know, uh, a lot of people, when they say, when you're saying reptilians, you're really talking about the Jews. And you're trying to say that the <laughs> Jews control the world. And he turns yeah. to this reporter, like, dead, dead straight. like, And he just looks at him and says... No, I'm talking about reptilians. I'm literally talking about reptilians, not Jews. And it's just, it, I, that's, that's like my permanent memory of David Icke. Him, that is hilarious. emphasizing that this is not a metaphor. He's, he's not trying to refer to anything else. He's talking literally about reptiles. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think that either way, uh, whether it's literal reptiles or not that that run the world, I'm not sure if we would notice the difference, you know? Uh, so maybe, maybe we could act as if it's reptiles yeah, either way. Right, so... I used to think about it like this, but like I have a dog and you know, dogs, they, they don't, it, they don't, they don't necessarily know that we are of higher intelligence than them. Like, like an ant doesn't know that we're of a higher intelligence than them to an ant. We're just like a thunderstorm, you know, with right, uh, right. footsteps. And I, I think if there were some sort of higher intelligent life form that we probably wouldn't recognize it as that the uh -huh. same way an ant doesn't recognize us as being a higher intelligent life form. Maybe every time we hear a thunderstorm, we are hear hearing the aliens argue, you know? <laughs> that, I then... mean, we quite possibly. Yeah. 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 And, and the reptilians, I found this interesting. You know, we start, they started gene editing all, all this stuff. And there was, the thing is like 2017 or 2018, it, there was this published paper about how CRISPR uh, uh, they, some scientists had successfully changed a beetle, completely transformed a beetle that did not fly into one that flew and it like reproduced and they basically created a new species through gene editing. And I'm, I'm reading the way they did it. And I'm like, that sounds like what they say the reptilians did to us. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that is kind of like one of the theory. I mean, you can tie that into like the Anunnaki theorem or what have you, that, that you know, whatever they are, they sort of created us as, it's, it's kind of the same thing as the reptilian theory, just calling them, you know, sw switching out the words. Brad, I feel like we are getting into some weird territory here, so it feels like a good time to get ready to hop over into the smoke-filled room. So we're going to wind, right, wind yeah, down the main yeah. show. Uh, Mark Claire Show premium subscribers will get even more of this conversation. We'll, we're going to get even weirder, even deeper. Uh, but Brad, before I let you go here, before we hop into the smoke-filled room, I might just let everybody know, all the ways they can find you and your work. You can find me at youtube.com slash Brad Binkley, rumble.com slash the prop report at freedom act radio on Twitter. And my website is the prop report, excuse me, not the prop. We forgot. We changed the website. My website is propagandafight.com. And, uh, 
subscribe to the Propaganda Report podcast. I do the drive time news blast and uh, occasional interviews. And yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I enjoyed it. All right, Brad. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for coming on my show. Appreciate it. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brad Binkley. The conversation did continue in the smoke-filled room. As you could tell, we were starting to get into some weird territory in the end there, and we certainly continued having a very, very fun kind of conversation about all sorts of subjects, including our continued discussion of the reptilian theory uh, of David Icke, who went into all sorts of interesting territories, uh, including what is the real nature of UFOs. Are they the same things that we've seen all throughout history reported as things like fairies, as demons, uh, angels, whatever you want to say? Is there a connection here? And how does that all tie in to the propaganda that we're seeing coming out regarding UAPs slash UFOs? We also talked about the connection with the Titan submersible uh, and that whole thing. So there's really a lot of layers to this stuff. And I was Thrilled to dive into it with Brad Binkley. We're definitely going to do it again. Uh, of course, you get access to the Smoke-Filled Room. If you were just a Mark Claire Show premium subscriber, you can check that out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Show. You can support me over on Rockfin with a bunch of other creators. Uh, you can also check it out, Subscribestar. You can head over there and get yourself a free week trial. So maybe you can just, you just give, you, give yourself a free week. Just check out this Smoke-Filled Room. See how much fun Brad and I have, and you're going to want to hop on board. I'm quite confident of that. You can find all the links, every single one of them, conveniently located over at markclair.com. That's M-A-R-C-C-L-A-I-R.com. My friends, until next time, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and buenas noches.